spoiler alert. This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? on the season 5 premiere of No Fucking Ziti. We're back and talking can clam chowder, who's the man of the house, and not tipping on tax or alcohol. You should have busted a cap at its ass with dad's rifle. It's an all new episode of No Fucking Ziti. Alright. Welcome. Oh, we're back. We fucking made it. <laughs> I can't even believe it. Uh, it's been uh, about two months. Uh, oh, this ASPM. is no fucking ZD, by the way. That's that's, <laughs> that's the podcast you're listening to. Uh, welcome, guys. Season five. What the fuck? You, I, it, I mean, it sounds like almost the end, but it's sort of not because they're actually basically seven seasons. Let's be honest. Yeah. So we, we're like kind of halfway through now or a little past the halfway point, yeah. but we do have three seasons left. Yeah. I mean, we can't say that, though, because according to our contracts, we can't renegotiate our rate. That's true. With, you know, uh, Apple and <laughs> uh, HBO, iTunes, and whatever <laughs> podcast app. Yeah, um, wasn't it you that was telling me that they do the six A and six B thing so that like yeah, these superstars for, can't renegotiate rates? Basically, yeah, you have like one uh, salary negotiated for season six, and then they'll split it up into two, um, and so they don't have to renegotiate and pay you more money, dickheads. Because usually, like at that point in the in the show. They're like at such a peak popularity, they'd probably get gouged, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it depends. But normally, you know, if you sign on for two seasons or more, there's probably something in there. You know, you're, you probably have to renew maybe three seasons in. And at uh, that point, if you've been on for three seasons, your show's probably doing okay. Like yeah. ours. Like ours. <laughs> yep. We are making uh, more than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this podcast is worth something. It's, t- I mean, to some people. Yeah, value is different for everybody. Uh, yeah, exactly. I happen to value it at around three dollars, so that's more than zero. Like the for the for the the whole lot or together, yes. all, not per episode even. <laughs> no, 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 no. All together, this podcast is worth about three dollars to me. Um, yeah, because I was gonna say three dollars an episode. That's like one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, that's far too that's much. Way yeah. too high. I would give that back if someone gave that to us. <laughs> I would say no, 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 no. That is a waste of your money. Um, but welcome, guys. We uh, it's it's it has been a little while. A lot has happened in the past couple months. Um, yeah, we came back and uh, both of us had really long beards. We had a montage where we <laughs> shaved each other. You guys should have been here for that. That was great. And we had uh, to get back into shape. Right. There yeah. was like a, the, yeah, there was definitely an exercise montage also. I know the montages were tiring after a while. I have really, to say. You don't, you don't realize how much footage you need for those. I know. Yeah. And a lot so. of them were unnecessary. There was no need for that cereal <laughs> montage. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so n- no breakfast montages next time. Um, so we're here to talk about two Tonys and uh, season five, I have to say right off the bat. I think I've said this about other seasons. Top but 10 season. Yeah, it's a top 10 season for sure. <laughs> season five, it might be my favorite, actually. I know I said that about season three, but it's, it's a toss-up between those two. And Whoa. I guess 6B, maybe. It's really The Sopranos as we remember it now. Yes. I, I feel like it does get back to form in season five. Even though I'm yeah. a season four defender, and I'll, I'll always be, I think. I'm unless... a season four truther. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, um, I think season four is a false flag attack, personally. <laughs> and that everyone involved was an actor and or writer, and uh, it's all fake. Yeah. Um, but even, yeah the, even the footage. All of it. All of it. <laughs> but season five, it does kind of, re- it, it feels like a return to form. It's a lot faster paced, and um, you know. They as, certainly pick it up. They do, right? I mean, and there just seems to be just so much more going on in this episode episode in particular i mean we're really bouncing around from person to person a lot more than i think we were um yeah and 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 when this season starts we've got new conflicts right off the bat yep yeah and then we've also got old conflicts that just never went that weren't like resolved in season four right like with new york and stuff like that right and then there's this bear yep which i believe is kaisha Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like Back from the imaginary dead mm-hmm. or something coming to get her child support. Right. <laughs> from what's his face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Kaisha was, oh, right, from, uh, I'm thinking ahead, but Kaisha from the end of, right, 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 the end of season four with this. Right, right. right yes. This is Kaisha <laughs> haunting their ass. I see. For the child support. That's absolutely right. Children, AJ. Whoa. That, and that waiter has children. Mm-hmm. Maybe the waiter sent the bear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. 
the waiter and Kaisha are manifested in this bear to God. come and smash an outdoor end table. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end game. That's the Man, end game. you can watch the show so many times and not pick up on these things. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I've been telling you. That's that's that should have been part of our Breaking Bad like fucking hour. You're from right. the last episode. You're absolutely right. Yes. Uh, did anyone good. listen to that soliloquy? By the way, like, we, I listen. I re-listened to that, and boy, did we talk about Breaking Bad for a long time. That's a lot of screen time. Did we? Was it a long time? I have to go back and listen because I, I I also feel out of character right now. Like I'm forgetting who my character is, and right. so I have to go back and re-listen to some season four. I I, I remember us talking about it for a couple minutes though. Yeah, yeah. You want to just keep discussing that, or <laughs> we could just continue <laughs> no, on. I wonder how many listeners we lost just going on and on about that yeah, shit. Actually, you know what? SoundCloud, just between us, I would love to see a stat like that. Like, when do people shut our podcast off? Yeah. <laughs> well, SoundCloud, I need to see that. SoundCloud officially counts something as a play when someone hits the play button. Yeah. So even if it's like, oops, oh, that's not the one. And I'm assuming <laughs> a lot of them are Yeah, oopsies. exactly. Yeah. They're looking for the rapper. Mm-hmm. No fucking mm-hmm. CD. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> He's a rapper. Uh, all right. So let's, <laughs> now that we're losing even more listeners. Um, yeah. I mean, so we can just start right off the bat uh, with I the am. bear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bear. Uh, you know, Tony's gone. It's we very apparent. I mean, if anyone's watched yeah. the show at all, those shots at the very beginning mean quite a bit when we see, you know, pool is covered up and right. full of disgusting leaves that AJ never got rid of. Right. And uh, right. the most offensive shot in the whole series to me is the shot of the charcoal grill in uh, what looks like winter-like weather without a cover on. And I'm yep. very upset about that 12 yeah. years later, 13 it's, years later. It's it's fallen into disrepair. I mean, the, the, the house is just like, I mean, what I get from those opening shots is just that like the house has like lost its fun factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's kind of sterile in this way. It's, it's like, it's just like a little bit lifeless now. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's too much house for Carmela and AJ alone, but also it's just, you know, Tony's gone. Mm -hmm. He was the pool guy, (laughs) the pool man. Pool man. (laughs) And he was the newspaper man. And he was the barbecue man. Yeah. He was, he was just our man, you know? Yeah. And now he's gone, Mm -hmm. but like fucking, uh, Meadow has a, a Ford Mustang that she knew, right? It it it's like newish, but, but it's filthy. so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I it's saw. I noticed that. Like someone was paid good money to make it look that bad. I yeah. feel like. Yeah, not a bad job. No. Uh, yeah, she runs over the newspaper. I mean, so all these Soprano images are just getting basically run over by Meadows Mustang. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah. just the newspaper. It's everything we've come to know and love about that house is just a little different now. Well, and, ev- right. and everybody's getting spoiled. Like AJ has this drum kit. Right. Uh, Meadow has a car finally. Yeah. Which she's so- been like trying to get out of Tony and Carmela for like literally years since. Um, One that's not stolen. Since, from- yeah, since. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, that's. That's interesting to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but Carmela and Tony's relationship has sort of settled into this like tense divorcee relationship where every little yeah. thing is, is is like a slight struggle, right? But like not a wrestling match like we saw at the end of season four, right? And it's been what I mean, it, it was fifteen months between the end of season four and season five starting. That's so- how long it's been. Uh, since, yeah, we've, sorry guys, <laughs> we got very distracted. Jesus, time um, flies. Yeah, um, but, uh, so, I mean, so I guess it's been around that much time since, uh, in, in, in the yeah. show, or yeah. like a year. It seems like they'd be officially divorced at this point, but I don't really know how that goes, and, you but know. shit takes fucking forever, but also they're kind of like, I mean, Carmela, at, at the end of the day, we know isn't really serious at this well, point. right, yeah. She like she's she's she I mean whether she thinks so or not like she's not putting up with this shit anymore but she's she's mostly trying to put a scare into Tony I feel like yeah like it's like a power move you know she finally had enough leverage to be like okay well that that's it but they yeah. they kind of play footsie for a while before she like actually goes to see an attorney right yeah well, and of course Tony doesn't want to get divorced so there's that right um yeah, I mean, and and financially, I think that's the big thing. Obviously, you yeah, know, I mean, of like that she's still on his allowance, and he's still kind of like handing it out, you know, piecemeal, and and kind of like dangling that carrot. Totally. And uh, you know, I mean, what's she really gonna do? You know, like well, and he loves that control, like, yeah. and it's the same thing with the, like, you know, he's this. It's the same thing with the bear, where he like forces Benny and and little Polly mm. on her to like <laughs> like hang out in the backyard right like i mean these last couple of episodes for benny and Polly, little Polly, have been kind of rough they're like on a boat 
blasting music, <laughs> and then now they're sitting in a backyard, like reading Archie comics or whatever the fuck little Polly's doing. You know, <laughs> so terrified. I love that scene. <laughs> like, but they both like make these half-assed excuses to Carmela, where like where like Benny actually sells it better. He's like, no, I got my little Sony. I just went to Tio Pepe's. Yeah. You know, like I'm good. <laughs> but then little Polly's just like, nah, I got a fleece. This yeah. is great. <laughs> <laughs> great time. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this. Well, Benny has one of the lines of the episode though, where he says something like, uh, she, she's like, Carmela's just says that you're so nice to do this. And he's just like, well, nice has got nothing to do with this. I and know, just, I know, noticed like, that. He's totally just been forced into it through money and or uh, intimidation yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he'd be fucked if he didn't do it. Well, and it's tr- that true shit runs downhill thing because like, you know, no matter how much you're getting paid, no one wants to do like boring menial work like that. Oh yeah. In the you cold know what I mean? at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like even if, cause like Benny probably makes a good nut, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's like the low man in general. So he like that, those duties are always going to fall to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is much better than little Polly about it. Yeah. Like much better. Yeah. <laughs> little Polly like hangs out in the fucking, in the fucking bathroom. The little, you know? yeah. <laughs> the uh, wallpaper man uh, actually redesigned. So, um, Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, we should, I guess, back up and explain why they're in the backyard. They don't just go to the backyard and sit there, guys. There's a bear in the backyard that's um, destroying things. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, I mean, Tony basically, um, he's trying to kind of do the separation thing yeah. until all the tough guys around him, a.k.a. Bobby Jr. and, yeah. and old Feech LaManna, I'll kind of call him out on not being a man. And so he like, wait, what ha- does Bobby Jr. Say? Uh, Bobby Bacala, excuse me. What does he say though? Well, or Bobby, yeah, Bobby so, Bacala. so features out features one of the class of 04 guys. We'll get to that. Um, there it is. The first one. Uh, but they're all sitting around at juniors that day yeah. having that lunch and Feach brings it up. He's yeah, just, yeah, he yeah. says, what, what's this about the bear? And uh, Tony's like, well, what are you talking about? Was and, it on fucking CNN? Yeah. Well, but, but Feach says something like, well, you know, people talk, people talk. And then Tony's like, well, who talks? And then Bobby, out of nowhere, is just like, I don't know. And so it's like very clear that Bobby was the one who <laughs> oh, yeah, said yeah. something. That's um, right. That's so, right. yeah, when Bobby Bacala is calling him out for not being a, a manly enough husband, you got to like swing your dick around a little bit and totally. send your low man with rifles to sit in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like actually the the, the person that this is working out for the least is basically there. It's Be- Benny and little Polly. Yeah. Right. Like they're getting the shit end of this and Tony's using them to kind of stay the man of the house. Right. Yeah. Um, I liked in the AV club review of this because I just needed to steal some ideas from people. Um, they, uh, um, he makes the writer makes mention of how the bear kind of comes to Marcus territory in Tony's house. And then Tony's kind of immediately like, no, fuck that. This is my place. Like he comes back to mark his own territory. Oh, that's a and good I, point. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, we should talk about. Well, that's. I mean, you just that was too deep. We can't do the I know, episode yeah. anymore. <laughs> that's, that's the end. <laughs> well, we should talk about the bear a little bit. I mean, it's one of the more obvious images that the show did, but it's clearly supposed to kind of represent Tony Mother in Russia. A way. Or Russia, right? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wait, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, that's what I was talking about. Clearly, this is about uh, uh, hacking the election. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's Tony, obviously, right? I mean, or a little bit of Tony, at least. You know, they'll yeah. uh, they'll make it very clear in the season finale where he's he's walking through the bushes, and for a second you think it's going to be the bear, and it's it's him. Um, well, fuck! I never but, thought that. Uh, well, Jesus. Anyways, he's wearing a leather jacket just like Tony's. Well, yeah. He has a cigar. In his mouth. <laughs> you think it's actually uh, Carrie Russell in that bear mm-hmm. costume? Like, actually, this is like a uh, uh, an epilogue to uh, the Americans. The Americans. I forgot about that Americans episode where they dress up as bears. Yeah, but exactly. you're right. Yeah, it probably is Carrie Russell. Smash a little glass table. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 and the other the other thing, because uh, you make a really good point. The other thing is that there's this like very clear adversarial relationship between uh, uh, fucking you know Ranger Rick or whatever, mm. and and this bear. And Ranger Rick represents like the wholesome, handsome guy with like a real job who's like somewhat oh, interesting. Yes, that Carmela would like totally fawn over and he's you know. honorable he like won't take the money yep or a lanyard <laughs> <You know? laughs> i love that yeah you, i mean if he was if he were to come by like during the day to do a stakeout you know carmelo would like be bringing out sandwiches and sitting with him and talking to rosalie about how handsome he is Listen you know to shania twain <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah you're totally right he's definitely like kind of a foil to tony who comes in and just is like this big burly dude walking through his backyard and all black like the bear yeah and he's a, wearing those like those like little loafers that like tony yeah, yeah. And, like walking around with fucking Ranger Rick with his Timberlands, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's at least supposed to represent the 
I don't know, I guess like the destruction that Tony caused a little bit in their lives. I mean, it's attracted to the birdseed. It comes and sits by the pool. It, you know, it, uh, smoking cigars, sits, smoking the cigar, listening to fucking Clapton. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Banging Valentina in the backyard. That is yeah. the weirdest scene that Sopranos ever did. The Valentina bestiality scene. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Even uh, the way Tony shows up, I think, in the like when Carmela's on the phone with Fish and Game, he kind of walks in. He's just totally silhouetted. He looks like this just black silhouetted figure walking in, and Man. and they really just, uh, you know, I mean, you, you really, I mean, you're you're making me realize how thick they laid it on, and I didn't even catch it. I was yeah, I just mean, like, it, oh, there's a bear in the backyard. Yeah, that I mean, happens. it's it's relatively. Th- I mean, it could be, you know, it's definitely interpretable. There's well, there's more to it than that. The but. more that the more that you say this, though, the more of these details actually make sense to me. Like the bear doesn't meet the parameters for an extraction because he's not actually hurting anybody. Mm. But like that's like that's Tony's whole cover in Carmela's mind in a way, the thing that she can't unstick herself gotcha. from, which is like, like she keeps telling herself that he's not so bad. Right. That like, she actually, she knows there are problems and there are things she'd like to change, but she's right. like, you know, he's a good man basically. Right. Yeah. And like, that's basically what they say about the bear. That's a great point actually. Yeah. I didn't think about that. <sighs> yeah, totally. I knew I was going to win this episode. <laughs> um, it's not a competition. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's very true. And yeah, I- even she hasn't really extracted him yet. You know, she's still taking that blood money that that psychiatrist told her not to take, you know? Right. Right. Um, she hasn't put any ammonia on the refrigerator. <laughs> right. Well, so even that, that's the last thing. Like yeah. that last shot of him just like open up the refrigerator with his big burly hands and just kind of like fumbling around, taking out some orange juice, drinking out of the thing and putting it back. I mean, that's the bear opening up the garbage, taking out some trash and just, you know, shoving it in his mouth and then like just leaving. Like, fuck this. I'm out, you know. Damn. Um, Score one for Brendan. <laughs> fuck. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, and there's also just the whole element i think of just tony you know relating to animals too and i think kind of like feeling at home in nature he he looks very you know they start that shot in the backyard it pans from the trees and mm-hmm, you're kind of mm-hmm. wondering are we gonna see the bear or what and we see tony instead and he just looks so at home in that kind of scenario like you he would go face to face with that bear i think if it came down to it there you are know? a ton of important moments in that backyard yeah yeah i totally. mean we're gonna get one in, coming up. in marco polo yeah. coming up um also, some of the final scenes of the show between uh, Janice and Tony yep. are in that backyard, and he's like sweeping for once. Yep. You know, yep. there's a lot of stuff in there because it's like that backyard is like the connection to Tony's like you know or like natural side. I right. guess you could say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the house totally represents like the construct of his life, but like it's kind of. I, I think that one thing that he really likes about that house is that they have all these trees around and, and stuff and like actual animals and shit. Yeah, totally. Um, and so he likes to hang on the backyard. Yeah. Also, there's money in the cabana. In the, right. There's money in the banana stand. That's in the cabana stand. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think that birdseed money's still there? Probably not, right? He probably took the rest of it. Or I, maybe he just left it and was like, fuck it. Here's like your allowance for the first couple months. Like you already know. No, I bet he took it. But like, that's the thing is that you know, all I love all of these unanswered questions, mm-hmm. you know, because we like never find out answers to little things like that, but we know it's there. Right. Or we know that it was there and that it's a thing. So like perhaps he took he probably needed it. He's like he's like going to stay at the plaza eventually. Yeah, true. Which true. is really interesting. Has yeah. he moved into his mother's house yet? Uh, I don't know if they address it in this episode. They don't show him at home at all, so maybe... Uh, probably, he's though. He's just been crashing with Valentina. That probably sucks. Maybe. Well, no, he leaves because he says that he has he has to take an overseas call, which is probably <laughs> not true. Bullshit. I love uh, that. Um, yeah, I mean, so he's still seeing Valentina. She is not really his, like... It's not a real relationship, though. You know? Yeah, he likes her less now that he's separated. Yeah. It's like, it's way less hot. Also, he's kind of a flavor of the month type dude with his gumars. Right. And like, I mean, that's the argument that Valentina is going to have when yeah. she lights herself on fire. Um, she's saying that like he's divorcing his wife and she sees him less than before. Yeah, right, right. But I also love that he's leaving. This, one of my favorite <laughs> moments in this whole fucking episode is <laughs> the, or actually one of the f- finest uh, moments of acting. We're using that word, right? Finest mm-hmm. still? No one stole <laughs> <Yes>. that? <laughs> Some of the finest acting in this whole episode is when 
when he's like, I got it taken overseas call. And he's like putting his shirt back on. She's like, finish your sandwich at least. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. of course. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. But he criticizes it, right? He's like, I like the other mustard better. Yeah, I like the Goldman's brown mustard. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, it's just like, oh man, like, what an ass. She's not wondering about that. I mean, that's another thing. Like he doesn't have a Carmela in his life anymore to like make him the fucking shit the way he likes. Yeah. Well, that's, you yeah. know. And like he pulls that shit a couple of times throughout the the series. Like my, one of my very favorite moments, and he's when he's like, it says with pulp, you know. And he's like, I like the one that says some pulp. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he just yeah, he just misses like having the assistant part of part of the marriage, I guess too. You know, well, but that's it's, like her job is to keep the fridge stocked with like the right shit for him. You know yeah. what I mean? And he doesn't have anyone to like do shopping. He has to like think for himself finally. Yeah. He probably doesn't even know which one it is, you know, that he likes. Yeah. Well, I guess like, he has that cleaning lady who throws out his paper, so maybe she's... She makes him enchiladas. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she's around at this point. I, she'll she'll be... We'll see her soon, at least. Right. But yeah, yeah, I don't think they ever show him at a home or like, yeah, at home or at his mom's house in this episode. Yeah, anything. not yet. He's at Bobby and Janice's because yeah. they got married. So they got married. Janice is not so great at the Sunday dinner thing. Well, actually, the roast looks kind of good. It does, but uh, I think, you know, she loses her wedding ring maybe in the trash I think it's and she's making like clam chowder yeah, in a that's, can. That, that's very subtle. The losing the wedding ring in the trash. Yeah, you it's know? like uh, she's not really cut out for this domestic life, even as much as she wants to be. Yeah, you know, and but, she and she or maybe doesn't. And she's know. just still Janice. Like she's trying, but she's still annoying while she's trying. Yeah, like yeah. I love AJ's reaction to the. He's like canned clam chowder. <laughs> like he's feeling the same thing Tony is. But then, but then, um, Janice is like, your mother didn't send anything. Yeah, but like. Carmela's not even coming to dinner. They're separate. Like, why would Carmela send something? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like she's just so entitled constantly. Yeah. She just and she just needs all the help she can get, I guess, from Carmela. Um, Carmela knows how to do it. Janice does not. Yeah. And there's uh, this great push and pull between Bobby and Tony and, and Janice um, in that scene where Bobby's like, when's dinner going to be ready? And Janice kind of gives him this, like, fuck off look. But then, like, she's like, okay, dinner's ready. And they, like, totally ignore her because there's, like, something they're interested yeah, 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 in on yeah, TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, man. It's it's all it's all dysfunction. It is, yes. Um, but we should mention, of course, the thing that they're watching on TV is uh, a one Matt Weiner playing a uh, crime reporter for, like, a New York Daily News thing or oh, something. Oh, that's or New right. York that local. is Matt Weiner. Yeah, yeah. This he had just- hair. He did. <laughs> it was different back then. This is, uh, I know, it's crazy how how long ago this was. I don't mean to sound like this old guy ranting on his podcast. No, but, it's uh, totally true. I remember reading like the Boston Globe, like holding the Boston Globe paper in my hand and reading the review of this premiere, like you know, at the breakfast table because I think it premiered in like spring ish of no my way. senior year of high school. So I still lived at home. I was still like, you know, having like cinnamon toast crunch and like Jesus. reading that review. Um, <laughs> you but and yeah, Tony. it's uh, Matt Weiner, and this was his first year writing on the show, or maybe he wrote for like as like a freelance writer one or two times. But he's staff season five at least. And well, uh, I thought the story was that, um, and maybe my time, the timeline of how I always imagine this is wrong. But like, I thought the story was he had the pilot written for Mad Men. He did, yeah. And he showed it to David Chase and David Chase was like, well, I'm going to do this little show called Sopranos. Do you want to like tag along for a little while and I, then do that after? I think it was actually, no, I think the Sopranos is already on. I don't know how they met or how he got the Mad Men script. I think like Matt Weiner was probably looking for a job because no one had picked up Mad Men. Right, And right. then he used that as like a spec to get hired and David Chase read it and loved it. And then from what I remember... They brought it to HBO first, and HBO was only interested if David Chase was going to be like directly involved in it. Yeah, and he didn't want to jump onto another David series. David Chase never wants to do another show again. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> be great if he came out with like a Snapchat web series or something one day. <laughs> Just some bullshit. Something tells me he's not. Yeah, no. quite up on that. He probably, I, he's I, I still don't understand Snapchat. So if, I barely he, understand if he gets it. it. Then I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> I would. Uh, that'd be amazing if he was just, uh, just some social media troll with a, with a different name on Twitter or some <laughs> bullshit. Um, but yeah, I think it was something like that. They mm-hmm. that's that's how it came together. And so now, right. so, so it was like after The Sopranos was already ro- are already roaring yeah, along. They must have been staffing up again because I know some people left, like Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess left because right. they just didn't get along with David Chase anymore and. 
or he said that time when we saw him that they didn't get the voice of the show or yeah yeah you they like didn't they there's something about like the double speak of the mafia that they never quite understood yeah although they did good episodes though i I think they wrote whoever did this which is kind of amazing yeah totally uh which is full of that shit but anyways we already got to that um (laughs) but so (laughs) you don't want to go back the class of 2004 you know some new blood for the show um much needed probably at this point because, you know, otherwise it's going to be all main characters getting killed. And so they had to bring just logistically bring in some fresh faces just to kind of spice things up. Oh, yeah, completely. Um, crazy that we only just meet Phil because he's such an iconic character for the end of the series and feels like he's always been there. Um, but it's we inter- actually haven't even met him yet. No, we haven't. It's, I was going to say it's interesting that they do sort of two tiers of the intro of this because yeah. we meet Feech this time and we sort of get an idea of what we're in for. Right. And I mean, we've seen this with Richie April. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we learn nothing from Richie April. But, you know, we get we 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 get a taste of Feech a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he and he's you can just tell that he's fucking nuts. Yeah. And like when he's telling that story about like beating that big black dude up in, in the can. Yeah. I'm just like, well, here we go. It's another Richie April. There's no way it's and Tony must be thinking that in the back of his mind, like. You know, here we go. Yep. And they preach all this stuff about how important it is to like, you know, like support your friends and like all that shit. But like, it's just, it's out the window. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you hadn't seen the rest of this season, you'd probably be thinking like he's going to be the big bad guy. And in episode 11 or 12, there's going to be some showdown with Feech. But no. yeah, exactly. Um, of course, it happens actually rather peacefully when they get rid of Feech Lamana and it happens kind of quickly. They do it really. So. It's it's really well done because like we didn't need another Feech. No. Yeah. What we did need, though, was someone who had the same problem that Tony actually really likes. And that's what we get in Tony Uncle Al. Right, right, right. And I, don't, I guess we don't need to jump to, to jump ahead to that. But well, I mean, yeah, not not really, I guess, but. Even the episode's title is Two Tonys, and obviously there's Tony Blundetto now, so there are, like, literally two Tonys, but, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to it, but this season, to me at least, is kind of a lot about Tony's kind of looked at his past and blamed things on his mom or on just other circumstances in his past, right? and we can kind of see now an example of, you know, what might have been for Tony Soprano if he... You know, there's just a point in his life where the, the paths kind of diverged, and that was like the night that Tony Blundetto gets arrested because that was one of his first panic attacks. And so, ah, oh, that's a good point. It's just kind of interesting to see how they wound up differently, and how Tony thinks he might have wound up if he had done what if he had gone to jail. And you know, well, so. he would be. I mean, he would be so different. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And like, that's the thing is that it really is the difference between like the Tony who. Well, it's it's just the idea that he doesn't practice what he preaches. Right. I mean, that's what I see as the two Tonys in the mafia sense is that like he has all of these ideals and these values and he's like very by the book about the mafia stuff. Yeah. But behind the scenes, we know that he he breaks those rules a lot. Right. In secret. And he will continue to do so. Um, and, and in many ways, he's forced to this season. Right. Um, but like. It's it's interesting, but also I mean, there's the whole Melfi thing, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I so mean, yeah. Speaking of two Tonys, who says that to her? Um, <laughs> He's not undeterred. <laughs> no, is, I mean, we'll go to break. We'll come back and talk about this. But is this not the most cringeworthy Tony's ever been on the it, show? It's terrible. It's I get like I had a friend in college who called it's it's like secondhand embarrassment, but he likes to call it the idiot shivers when you just kind of like get that. Ugh. Yeah, and dude, I get that every time when he's it's like awful and he's like ugh. giddy and too excited and like, like what do you want from me? Like his voice just cracks basically when he's offering the Bermuda tickets. It's just so embarrassing. Just awful. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, essentially we get a taste of uh I mean, just to put a pin in that, we get a taste of of our new friends that are coming out. And again, mm-hmm. like they're they take the opportunity to to expand the world that that we're in in soprano land because there are all these details that are hammered out right and these narratives behind the scenes that we can follow and so like stacking this other stuff on top of it really makes sense and it's very coherent right right you know inserting these new new faces that not only are new (sighs) characters in general but they also like give a lot of dimension to tony you know especially especially tony uncle al totally yeah 
And uh, I mean, hey, on a lesser show, this could have been some cheesy shit but with the class of 04, 04 coming in, but yeah. they do a pretty good job. I love how cheesy they made that news segment, though. It was like, dunk, dunk, yeah. dunk, dunk. Like, and also, I laugh out loud every time they show the picture of Tony Blundetto. Like, all the pictures of Steve Buscemi, <laughs> they're amazing. And Janet's calling him a fox is just the icing on the cake. He was a fox. <laughs> but the picture of him in, like, the shiny suit on the street, like, smoking a cigarette just Looks like his kills character me. from The Wedding Singer. Yeah, it honestly, yeah, it looks like a joke. Um, all right. On that note, we'll come back. We'll talk about that, and uh, we'll take a little trip to Atlantic City. And uh, oh boy, always some good stuff with Chrissy and Polly. They have medicine for this shit, these <laughs> assholes. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. This is no fucking ZD. No fucking ZD is brought to you by Steaks, three pound lobsters The shrimp fucking cocktails you made everybody get It's a bottle of Cristal Not to mention the Leonese fucking potatoes You didn't even touch Nice little Barbara Streisand there for uh, our Prince of Tide. I know. Mr. Tony Soprano. It's interesting. He loves Nolte, by the way, which is just a nice little wrinkle. That's a great mini argument. That's one of the best scenes. Like, one of the funniest scenes, certainly, where Valentina's like flipping flipping channels on a remote control that, like, her nails, like, almost keep her from using a remote control uh, yeah, properly. Yeah. Great sound design, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With all the click clack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he really likes Nolte. And like, I had, I've never seen that movie, but it is so cheesy. Oh my God. I know. Well, that's the thing is like, you compare it to all the therapy scenes like on The Sopranos and it's like, good Lord. Even like, analyze this. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, and she's like so cliche. She's like, so you were disappointed in your mother. I know. And you're just like, a therapist would never say that. Like, probably not. Not that directly. Not- maybe, maybe someone like a week out of fucking school you know right right or that, that's like intro to psych shit you yeah. know what i mean yeah like so. i get you i figured you out already it's your mother <laughs> just reading a freud by numbers book mm-hmm. uh yeah funny funny scene though and um just uh, you know we don't we, i don't know if we've really talked about it too much but the meta stuff on the sopranos is just great you know when you the meadow meta meadow scenes yeah no like the meta meta soprano oh my god that's my rap name <laughs> meta soprano <laughs> meta world soprano please please yeah, <laughs> please no one take that just please <laughs> um but yeah just these scenes of people watching tv you know th- that just little I'm going to use the word again. That little wrinkle there just adds something to the show. Would that, you say a glitch in the matrix? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say that. Um, yeah. just It just adds something to, something to the show that makes it all the more realistic because we all do that where we watch shows and then their voiceover kind of becomes our own and then yeah. we're in our own movie and it's we're going to do these big grand gestures like send our therapist laundry detergent <laughs> and you know and then try to kiss them in the office and he lays you know, it on pretty thick he does but it's just it's just a great little example or kind of big example um you know of just that sentimental mentality that david chase kind of always makes fun of you know yes. tony and- listening to the shy lights or junior yeah. singing at jackie's funeral these moments where we just believe we're in our own movie yeah it's totally true i mean and, t- and tony certainly believes he's in his own he's in his yeah. own legend or whatever he is, yeah. Um, He's a soldier in a in a big battle of, I guess, money. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Money and Jersey, money and provolone. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it. It's also interesting in those scenes that like Tony kind of gets knocked down to size a little bit on the woman front. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say that he doesn't have game because he like totally has game. Oh, big he time. Gets lots of ladies, but he's like totally out of his element here, and like doesn't really have what it takes to close the deal on this one you know what yeah. i mean yeah well and i mean she just knows too much of the real tony and as much as he wants to say there are two of them by the end it's all one and the same when he's you know calling her a see you next tuesday and slamming the door and uh <laughs> he says literally see you next tuesday and then walks out because they, their next appointment is on tuesday 
Oh yeah, but he also calls her a fucking bitch. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> so there's that. But like, I actually, believe it's actually worse than that. <laughs> actually, I was recording a band today, and this Irish punk rocker dude, one of his lyric in one of his lyrics, he calls he 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 like calls people out as as being a simple cunt. Like you're a simple cunt, you know. And like, I loved that. But I, I was thinking, like, if you call someone a complex cunt, like that's kind of that's like kind of a compliment i feel yeah, like, yeah, like you're yeah. a complex cunt you know that <laughs> that's a badge that's yeah, a badge of honor exactly it's not bad um but yeah i mean he's f- like not for nothing it's a hell of a fucking flower arrangement yeah and with the tide like they they put it in there and all that stuff yeah yeah becoming an adult and having to, to send home flowers to your mom for mother's day makes you realize just how fucking expensive that is and it's that is a that's, giant bouquet that's a giant expensive bouquet not to mention they probably like there's no way he like went to the drugstore and like bought tide and like took it over there no he like paid for that tide and they definitely charged him like 30 bucks for it I know, yeah. Like, can you just put it in? Like, well, anytime we put detergent in our bouquet, it's an extra, you know, they just throw out some nonsense. I mean, it's a surprisingly, like, witty moment. It is, yeah. I like the, that. The Prince of Tide. But it's also, um, I've noticed that's kind of a Weiner thing. Uh, Matt, Matt Weiner. Okay. Weiner. Matt <laughs> right. Weiner. Um, like, in Mad Men, there are all these moments where, like, Joan Harris who's like supposed to be like barely high school educated oh, and right. like and as a secretary she'll say something like she'll have a line like you were so brazen you don't you didn't even deserve clemency <laughs> and you're just like what did she just <laughs> say like what the fuck she's like, so cultured somehow yeah like you like she what does she fucking like read the economist or something now <laughs> and then like there's another one where she says to peggy she's she's uh she was looking at Peggy's ad for a roommate and she was like, they look like stage directions for an Ibsen play Oh, on the cork board or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I was just like, there's, Joni. she doesn't read fucking Ibsen. Come on. Like <laughs> they, you, they spoke with more care back then, you know? Yeah, exactly. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when they were telling people like, get off their poach. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. But, um, anyway, this is, I would say pretty on par with Tony's sense of humor though. I mean, it makes more sense than Joan. It is, but it's a little, it's, it's like it's, slightly yes, out of Tony's league. Fair, smart. Totally smartness wise yeah yeah they're and sort of writing for other writers as don draper would say maybe yeah well and you know what this whole storyline i mean this this could have been a disaster um having tony and melfi kiss just alone you know imagine that being on i'm sorry to say a lesser network what imagine the ad campaign leading up to season five of like you know just building up to like this giant kiss between Tony and his therapist in the season finale and yeah it would of course be in the season finale um yeah but I mean it, it really could have been a complete disaster if like suddenly they were like yeah let's just try it out let's put Tony and Muffy together why not um and uh and of course they they get right up to the edge and manage to bring themselves back but um, well Melfi brings it back right right because. There's really only one Tony. <laughs> yeah, that, that's totally true. And she's yeah. and she, although she's not without fantasies, like mm-hmm. Tony's mm. Tony's spidey sense isn't like totally wrong here. No, not at all. He knows that there's something in the air between them. You know what I mean? But right. it, but it's like it's like a little bit taboo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's and it's just like it's sneaky which he likes. And I think that's what it is. Like he's bored with Valentina. Mm-hmm. Who, who sucks his cock great <laughs> apparently <laughs> there's a lot of cock sucking in this season I'm yep. so excited uh, <laughs> tremendous cock sucking um, but oh, you know boy. no one sucks her cock but sucks his cock better than she does fucks him better than she does <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot that I said that uh, yeah. on a uh, intro okay <laughs> it, it took the most takes of any intro we did was, <laughs> you yeah. just couldn't figure you couldn't get through it without laughing oh boy um, but <laughs> but um yeah, but I mean, but he's bored with Valentina. Yeah. Who's, you know, hell of a girl. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it, because there's no sneaking around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and not as, as Joan fun. Harris says, I know men as well as you know advertising, <laughs> and sneaking around is half the fun for you. Oh, nice. <laughs> she says Very that nice. to uh, uh, Roger Sterling. Roger Sterling. Um, one and only. But that's the thing is that, like, I think that there's this element of, of taboo and sneaking around and, like, you know, Going a little bit outside the law, whatever, you know, or, or outside yeah. of the moral standards of right. whatever, whatever, you know, game field of dreams we're talking about here. Right. right. Um, but I think that turns him on a little bit. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cross that boundary. Uh, totally. You know I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, he'd be bored of Melfi soon enough, too. And then just looking to, like, sneak around on her, you know, yeah. I mean, 
Uh, totally, totally. Can you imagine him like like having dinner with Melvie's parents and they're like, God. Anyway, <laughs> or Jace, like Tony, Jason, Melfi sitting down for a little Friday night dinner. I would have loved to see a Tony Jace uh, scene or a Phil Leotardo Jace scene. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. There's no eating in the car because <laughs> <laughs> Jason he wouldn't have backed down, and you know, yeah, Phil really couldn't kill he would have him. Wound up dead. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's not wrong. She does obviously like him a little bit because it is he is alluring, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's he's uh, his lifestyle in a way, as we know, is kind of sexy to everybody. He's a bear, and uh, and he's a big bear, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, has a nice face. So there's that going a for very him. Very nice face. Um, but she's probably right that really he just wants to go back to therapy because you know he's having kind of a tough time dealing in general. Yeah, and uh, kind of on the cusp of. Maybe not on the cusp of, but he's in the middle of a midlife crisis, I guess. He's maybe, been having one for a while now. Yeah, I maybe say. that kind of starts with the pilot, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like the beginning of the midlife crisis. Right. Um, she's not wrong, though. And he'll wind up there soon enough. I think another couple episodes. And he's been gone since season four, episode 11. Calling All Cars is the one. So it's been a little, it's been a, been a while. <laughs> been a while um yeah, yeah i mean and the other thing is like i don't know if when he calls her to say that he thinks he needs to go back to therapy he means it because it because you're you think as the audience that he means it when he says that right because he's just stormed out after yelling at carmella about the right. money and furio and the coffee machine and, the, and now the coffee maker sucks yeah. <laughs> you like them apples <laughs> quoting goodwill hunting yeah you've gone too far if you're quoting goodwill, goodwill hunting yeah, i say that goodwill as a hunting quote now the coffee maker sucks no how do you like them apples is i mean Uh-oh. maybe it's not i don't know if they thought of that phrase but it's used famously in that in that, that scene <laughs> well you know i actually coined the phrase pardon my french oh really <laughs> no but if you are using it that's like uh, a stanza joke an angry goodwill hunting quote you've you're just you've gone too far whatever the situation is you don't want to be quoting a fictional angry boston guy right never <laughs> unless it's mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah even then i don't know um, um but yeah like he that's a great line like you know now the coffee maker sucks mm-hmm. But he, uh, the nice little zinger. He storms out, and then calls, and then and then, and then Melfi gets the message. Yeah, so so perhaps he did like decide on like on the way over or something, or like yeah, l- closer to the appointment to to like make another pass at her. Yeah, but, well, maybe right. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it, like, who knows what he's thinking? He's kind, he's way out on a limb in general in his life. Yes. So it's it's kind of uh, an interesting situation. But he really gets dressed up. He doesn't sit. In his chair. Yeah. He sits down on the bench thingy. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know, that's uh, similar to the newspaper not getting picked up at the beginning of the episode. Everything's just just a little off in Soprano Land right now. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, and he, yeah, and he wears his nice pastel tie and he's got this very spring Easter outfit going when he's trying to, uh, pick he, up Melfi. He's looking like, he looks like he's going to a fucking polo game or something. It's bizarre. Like, it's crazy. And he's like naming all these things that he was thinking about doing. Like, should I shut down her favorite restaurant? Hire a mandolin player. <laughs> like, as if that's so alluring. Like, no one wants that. I know. I know. I don't or, think anyone wants that. Yeah. Or just the simplest see you next Tuesdays, too. <laughs> I guess not a complex one. <laughs> not a complex see you next Tuesday. Uh, Simple see you next Tuesday. Yeah. But he, so he ends up storming out, and uh, we don't get resolution in this episode, but of course, Melfi's not gone. And, you know, yeah. it's a little will they, won't they for a couple episodes here. Um, but he does need to be back in therapy. He's not having all out panic attacks yet, but Tony no. Blundetto is going to bring that back up again. And well, then his guilt uh, complex is going to like go through the roof once Blendetto comes back. Yeah. And uh, and it also brings up a lot of, you know, memories of his mom. And also what I like, I mean, we'll, of course, get to this, too. But I like that uh, we learn a little bit more about Johnny Boy Soprano this season, too, and how he really wasn't the best influence either. You know, he, he really wasn't all that special. No, not at all. And you've been kind of like we've been trained to kind of think that that Livia was just this terrible person who did all these terrible things to Tony, but we'll see in season five that, you know, it was kind of tough being Livia Soprano too. Well, it's important because like Tony has very little sympathy for Carmela, mm. you know, and he yells at her about fiddling with the air conditioning and like bitching mm-hmm. and how she'd love a Hyundai, a Hyundai and a simple gold <laughs> heart on a chain. And he's so scathing. And he, he loves to believe that Carmela's just in the wrong because she knows the deal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's just doing his job. But like, you know, I think that, he starts to realize that his dad like didn't make it easy on anyone really. Yeah. You know, I mean, he put Tony in a terrible position. He let him come up through the mafia, you know? Right. So, yeah. 
Uh, well, so that's a good segue, though. Speaking of coming up in the mafia, uh, we follow a little bit of Christopher in this episode, who's also still working his way up and not having the best time of it. Some, some growing pains there. <laughs> some growing pains. We get some Pine Barrens talk, which was when this aired and it had been, I mean, at this point, it had been like two and a half years or more since the Pine Barrens episode had aired. Mm-hmm. When they dropped that conversation at the beginning of this episode, I just lost my mind thinking that like they were about to actually reveal what happened to uh to uh Valerie, right? Valerie. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up the, him and the bot. Yeah. The interior decorator. Uh, yeah. Um but of course we get to like the essence of that whole that episode was really about tensions tensions between Christopher and Polly which immediately come back up here yeah because they can't even get through telling the story of it without getting into another fight which is just which is just great I know and it's fucking it's like really embarrassing too because it starts out as like kind of a good time yeah and and Vito is there acting all Vito right <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know how else to put it yeah. Their, their retelling of it is quite a bit more lighthearted than the uh, actual experience was. Yeah, but it was terrible. But then like it's funny, but that but that's the thing is like as soon as it starts to like hammer on some of those details like Polly losing his shoe. Yeah, you know, and like you it's just like basically a flashback to the moment when they're in that van arguing and. And, and Chrissy's like, I could have left you in the fucking dust. You know how fast I can run. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's a similar thing. But this is going to kick off some bullshit because, well, I but I will say, I, I do like that that they say, and, and you seeing this episode for the first time uh, must have like Today, gone crazy. Yeah, cra- yeah must have gone crazy with this because he's like, who the fuck knows where he is? Yeah, it, you was, know? it was such a message to the audience. Just like, we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Don't ask. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't, though. Yeah, it does. Because it really was about them and how they handled it. And I guess specifically how Polly handled it because he did not do a good job. Um, Well, it's absurd how long. Well, they also retell it that, like, he, like, basically took his head off with the gun, which he he didn't. Well, yeah. Well, (laughs) like, he clipped the side of his head. Right. Yeah. From all, you know, from the angle that we saw. But, I mean,. It's amazing how long that Russian thing carries. Like when people saw the finale, they were like, "It's the Russian." Oh, I know. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I, I know. It's crazy. I'm sure they're they're. I mean, did so, I forget? Did somebody ask about it at the at the David Chase talk? I don't think someone asked about that specifically, but they asked they about it by like about. not asking about it. They right. were like, like he said, like I'm not going to ask about the finale. It's just like I think personally that it was the Russian. Like, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you technically didn't ask a question about the finale, but like, and then and then like all the lights turned off or something. <laughs> oh yeah, what happened? Or the screen went down or something? Some yeah, weird like shit everything happened, went yeah. black for a moment, and it was hilarious because like the guy asked about it, and there was this oh, awkward that's right. pause. That's right. That's and right. All the lights dimmed like really quickly for some reason right. and then turned back on. Right. I forgot about that. And I was what like we still don't know if they did that on purpose. <laughs> it was also very ambiguous. Yeah. Basically, someone asked, got up and asked David Chase about the finale, and like as he finished the question, all the lights went off. Yeah. Because the- everybody knew that he didn't want to hear that. Well, all the people who weren't fucking. Yeah, that guy <laughs> heavily debated among that community. Was it just a, someone on the side accidentally turning the lights off, or was it on purpose? We'll never know. It's probably Lorraine Bracco like leaning against the wall, accidentally right. turning them <laughs> off. Like. Um, all right, so Christopher and Polly. Um, yes, as usual, the fight is about money ultimately. But um, you know, Christopher's yeah. yeah, he's still having a hard time. He's he's still the low man because um, Benny and Little Polly haven't really been, been invited to the dinners quite yet. So they, the, they probably haven't been made, have they? You think they've been made? I don't think so. I don't think L- Little Polly ever does, but Benny is by the end, I think, right? Because yeah. he's one of the ones to kill or be there when Phil gets killed. I know it's like that new guy, Walden, and then I think Benny and Little Polly were part of the stakeout. So. Yeah, totally. Um, that's to- I think that Benny definitely gets made. Um, or at least there's talk of it by the end. I'm sure. I mean, he has those scams. He has like a wife. You can tell that he's like ascending in his situation. Right. Also, yeah. And then he, yeah, him and Artie have that little showdown. We'll have to see. I don't know. Anything yeah. can happen on this show. Time will tell. <laughs> but yeah. Like, it, uh, it's interesting that Polly is there every time Chrissy experiences growing pains. Yeah. You know, like but with this, uh, with the fucking... Uh, when he gives him the sports book when he first gets made and yep. he just like doesn't have enough money and Polly says, I'm not running a school here, kid. Yeah. I say that to people all the time at work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Everybody loves it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. They're, 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 
you know, they're one of the relationships. This this show is kind of broken up into many different relationships. It's Tony and Carmela and uh, Tony and Melfi, and then there's Christopher and Polly. And right. They're, they're, they have, like, a great... I'd love to go back uh, at some point and just really just track just their arc together, like all the Chrissy and Polly episodes, and just right. kind of... Because that probably tells its own really complete good story as well they just clash for like a long time and then they love each other but they love it yeah it's it's and then they yeah. clash it's killing someone brings them together i guess which is it's just really so sad yeah this poor guy that they cap i know yeah um yeah uh, christopher's upset that he has to pay all this money for all these big fancy dinners mm-hmm. sticks polly with a bill at bamonte's i believe yes they're at bamonte's um no no, no. Uh, in the beginning, it's the, the first one is at Bamonte's. Yeah, the yeah. first scene where Polly pays, and they're talking about the dinosaurs being meat eaters and stuff like that. <laughs> That's uh, a good scene. That Polly picks up that bill, and then in Atlantic City, just is a giant dickhead and and adds all kinds of extra items to the receipt to the dinner, buying crystal for these skanks. Yes, not so attractive women. They're a bit skanky. And uh, and and sticks Christopher with an eleven hundred eighty four dollar bill, which is uh, uh, a but lot. I see. I was thinking about that. How many dudes are there? Like eight. Yeah, it's like that. Doesn't seem crazy. Well, Johnny takes stuff home for Ginny, so of technically like, there's nine. A lobster roll wrapped up for Ginny. <laughs> like everyone gives a shit about that. It's like, come on, who cares? But, uh, like, that doesn't seem that high for that many dudes in that situation. Well, if they all get, like, oh, you think it's low? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, at a restaurant that's that expensive where they're eating, like, lobster and shit and having, like, probably, like, really expensive wine and, like, Tons a drink before and after dinner and the Leonese potatoes that he didn't even touch. <laughs> and, like, he's fucking, like, 1184 doesn't seem crazy. That's, like, 150 a person mm. or so. Well, maybe you're not accounting for inflation. <laughs> As Christopher says to Tony, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with inflation, actually, that we should we should jump to that. Uh, in a, well, I guess we will in a moment, but yeah, they kill that poor guy, and it's really really sad. Yeah, yeah. I've for a long time, I wasn't sure. Like, did he have a disorder already, or did they just hit him in the right spot of the head, and, and it just caused this? Well, strange there's like a spasm. nerve ending on the and that little bump on the back of your head. Yeah, but Christopher Do asking him about the medicine. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, Christopher asking about the medicine gets me every time. It's a hilariously dark moment. <laughs> but he's assholes. just mad at the guy for for seizing dude they don't even think about it like and then they cap him and they're running off and he's like that's my money Polly. Yeah, yeah like it's totally crazy i mean they're psychos like they've, Total they've psychos. descending they've descended and like the way that they kick this season off this is the most the, this is like the most violent thing that happens and it's a fucking civilian mm. and that's like their whole code is they don't fuck with civilians you know i know yeah and it's this poor waiter who's like literally just trying to make a fucking living and who had like He's probably been stiffed a million times and you just cho- happen to choose these guys to like stand up to. I, yeah. You know I what know. I mean? You know what? I, I have to say something finally, but it's fucking yeah. Christopher and Polly. And as yeah. a waiter, you're like really not supposed to. Yeah. Like people That's, don't do that very often. Even for like a $16 tip on, a, I mean, cause what would that have to actually be like to, uh, it would have to be like $1,400 total for that to really be like 50%. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. That's yeah. Um, yeah, poor guy. But it brings yeah. Christopher and Polly together, which is kind of the important part, you know? One of them could have got hurt. Who knows? <laughs> or possibly killed <laughs> possibly for Christ's killed. sake. I definitely thought that they were gonna get caught for this when when this was first airing, but once again, I guess they just the show just wasn't interested in that whole aspect of, of the mafia. No, and they're so. too smart for that. I mean they kill a lot of people. They do, yeah. So and they're like, you know what, no one no one fucks with us down no one knows us down there, so yeah, I guess not. Whatever. Also, Atlantic City is a fucking ghost town. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. There's that. Uh, we should briefly just talk, just because it's going to kind of set up the whole season. Uh, Carmine Sr. T- having a stroke. Uh, nature doing what Johnny Sack <laughs> wanted to do at the end of last year. And I love Johnny Sack's line. He goes, I smell cut grass. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No one picking up on the signs of the stroke coming up. Yeah. Angelo just screaming, get that egg salad out of his mouth. Kills me every time. And Tony does it with his fingers. It's disgusting. God. Those big fish lips. Such a real, realistic moment, I guess. Why do people eat the... I mean, I... The menus at these golf country clubs must be so strange. Everybody's yeah. eating like Arnold Palmer's or drinking Ar- Arnold Palmer's and like eating weird random stuff like egg salad. Yeah. And like... I don't know. It's just it's just odd. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I have I've yet to be invited into one. So yeah, me too. Um, uh, but so that's going to shake some things up. You know, we see little Carmine in this episode who will come back 
thinking he's a strong guy. Things don't, you know. Everybody gets pulled back to Jersey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, and you know, you know, that's this is kind of set up the war for, I guess, the remainder of the the series because right. now. Right. New York is just going to be in total disarray. Uh, Johnny Sack will have his face in the snow by the end of the season in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And so he won't be able to take over. And then, yeah, some of these new guys coming in are going to are gonna also try their shot at taking over the New York mob. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about it, though, if they had just killed Carmine in, in the season four finale, it would have been smooth sailing but and because actually, they don't and Tony probably wouldn't oh no Tony would have had all those problems with Phil anyway because it's actually Johnny getting pinched that leads to Phil yeah being in power um yeah. but yeah yeah so I mean that's gonna set up a lot of interesting stuff we'll meet uh I mean yeah a lot of great characters coming in, in this season we'll meet Lorraine we'll meet uh, oh Lorraine you know, the Tony B Phil uh, oh, we, oh, Joey we, Peeps no, Joey Peeps we know Joey already. Peeps we know we didn't, Billy. Mention, we didn't mention Angelo Right, Angelo. Angelo is at that lunch, and Angelo becomes a pretty important character for Tony Uncle Al's demise. Right, yeah. He sort of leads him into some situations that don't work out very well for him. Yeah, they were really good friends in the can and uh, very emotionally attached. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of a lot of speculation, all these guys in the can. Um, you get a pass for that, though. Right. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I mean, so basically this season is going to be a lot of, uh, you know, Tony on his own figuring mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, his this is his chance to kind of maybe take some responsibility for what's happened in his life. Right. And um, he does that in some ways. But yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll get to all of it, of course, guys. <laughs> so right. A lot of season ahead. Um, I mean, this is an interesting episode because it really does set up so much and like a lot of what it doesn't set up is just a continuation of shit that was happening last season that never got solved. Really. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like Tony's out of the house. Um, you know, New York is still a problem. Yeah. Stuff like that. Therapy is still a part of the show or going to be. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. But yeah, it is, uh, like we said at the beginning, it is, it does feel like a return to form. It kind of feels, you know, a lot more like season three Sopranos than it does season four. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just an overall pretty great season. I think it has like a a pretty perfect mix of character and plot, you know? Oh yeah, totally. I I completely agree. Yeah. As much as I love to think of myself as like, I'm all about the characters, like plot doesn't matter kind of thing. Like it actually does. And they do a really, when they are good at it, they're really good at it. Yeah. And this is one of those seasons for sure. But then they can do cool hour-long dream sequences that's all character and really no plot at all and it still ends up being one of the more interesting hours of the show although with some like, people hate like a it, real but... plot resolution also yeah true it has uh yeah yeah i don't know if you're re-watching twin peaks i know i've told I've, we've been talking about I've, it a little I've bit got, i've got to start soon yeah it's on netflix right it is yeah and just re-watching that that's I've... netflix yes dot com <laughs> netflix um just re-watching that just you know i'm just seeing again all the sopranos or the influence it had on the Sopranos because he figures out a lot of the mystery in his dreams and yeah. these weird bizarre. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we have a couple questions. Um, we'll have to tweet out a little earlier next week. Um, it's also Saturday night. Like right. people are like people. People are dying to fucking yeah, tell exactly. us their questions. Uh, all right. This one comes from at Z constant. It is how many seasons of an Artie, Tony and Tony B living in Livia's house. Whoa. Wait, start over. Right, hold on a second. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a mouthful more than I realized it's going to be. How many seasons of a show? I'll just, I'll kind of reword it. How many seasons of a show about Tony, Artie and Tony B living together in Livia's house? Could win an Emmy. <laughs> this is a complicated question. Could actually. win an Emmy? How many seasons would win Emmys? How many seasons? Let's just imagine that show, I guess, for a well, second. Well, okay, so that show would be fucking awesome because those episodes are hilarious. They are. Like where they're eating chicken wings and like farting on each other <laughs> and shit. And like Artie's hilarious when he's he's split up from from Charmaine. Oh, yes. I yes. really, I, he's, he's, he kind of descends in his, into his like inner child, <laughs> essentially, yeah. like with Tony, or his inner like asshole teenager. Like, yeah, teenager. Um, but like, I think that would be a fucking great show. I would love that, and I think it could run for forever. Like, sort of like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They'd have to like get into shenanigans. Yeah, definitely. You know, that would basically be it. Would be like 
the episode where they try to get free HBO. <laughs> like like they're trying to scheme that. What the hell? It's our channel. We're on this yeah, shit. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, that would be really meta. Meta yeah. Soprano. Uh, but you know what? They'd have to have like, it would have to be a funny show, not a like, we kill people together show. Yeah, no. Laugh track or nah? Totally. Yeah, definitely laugh track. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Always Sunny doesn't have a laugh no, it track. Doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. But still, I kind of like the idea of like AJ coming into a laugh track. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, like coming down on Livia's like stairmaster thing or whatever, whatever you call that. I forget what they call that. Stairmaster. That's not what it <laughs> you know is. What but, I mean? that's, but it would be funny if those were called people, stairmasters. Yeah, the old people stair transporter. That's right? a chairlift. Chairlift. I guess that's the simplest way of putting it. You're it's right. You're totally right. Um, how many seasons would win Emmys? I guess not none. none. Yeah, I don't like, think it. Yeah. Like one one guest actor. Well, like they would have like one episode with a serious guest actor who would get nominated for like best guest appearance right but the show itself would never get nominated no maybe a golden globe really maybe. you think a golden globe is a lower standard than an emmy golden globe is just it's it's a little more lighthearted for sure it's the award show where everyone go, they they feed you alcohol they're just like pouring alcohol down your throat all night they 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 want it to be a little little looser than the emmys and and not uh you know, you can loosen your 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 tux bow tie at, at the Golden Globes, <laughs> I think, and they'll they'll kind of vote for like the newer, weirder show. Like uh-huh. Crazy Ex Girlfriend won a Golden Globe, and I've I've heard great things about the show, but I don't think it's won an Emmy yet, and it's like a Never little smaller it. and a little more niche than some Emmy shows would be. Yeah, um, that's changing, I guess. Yeah, the Golden Globes are always interesting. Like, it's more of a party. Oh well, that sounds great then. <laughs> so maybe it'll win a Golden Globe because that show sounds like a party yeah. to me. <laughs> With a lot of empty pizza boxes around. Yeah. Um, okay, this comes from... I'm not even... This is a, like a Cyrillic name. I'm not even sure how to really even say this. What so, does Cyrillic even mean? Uh, like the Russian language. Oh. <laughs> so someone's hacking our, tw- our Twitter feed right now. Uh, do you think at this point the show has come into its own, or is it still coming into its own? Should we just go like character by character and figure that out? No, I think... Hugh DeAngelis. It's a little more... Into his own, <laughs> yeah, coming into exactly. his own. <laughs> I think Hugh DeAngelis is here to stay. Okay. No one's changing Hugh. Okay. Th- that's kind of what I meant to say at the beginning of the episode. Like, this is... The, w- when I said this is The Sopranos we remember, I sort of meant that, like, it's in this 2.0 stage, like, completely, where, like, it looks and feels like season six will. Right, it does. But for the plot being really dark in season six. Um, right. But like you know, it has the, the look and feel. People look like they're going to going to look. Tony's a little fatter. Yep. You know what I mean? A little it, slower, a little wheezier. It, and and it also the way that it's shot is a little bit more classic looking. It is totally that mm-hmm. first scene, especially of like the empty pool. Like it just has that kind of like autumnal feel of you know season six, where it's just like yeah. It's like, you ready for the rapture? Like that kind of just weather, you know? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and everything just feels a little bit more weathered and real. And, and it's not it's not intentionally gritty. Right, right. You know? Right. So yeah. I, I think that I, I think that the answer is yes. It's it's about there, I would say. Yeah. Um, With Weiner on board. What's that? With Weiner on board, for sure. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, uh, this one is from... <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, my... My, my phone is fucking up. Uh, this is from... We've had a question from this guy before, I think. At Damaging77, would there eventually have been a Sopranos major motion picture if Jimmy G didn't sadly kick the gabagool? I don't think... Who's, well, wait, who's Jimmy G? James James G. James Gandolfini. Oh, okay. <laughs> Him. <laughs> you know, uh, Jimmy from the first season. <laughs> There would have been a, there would have been a movie if Jimmy didn't get killed at the end of the first season. I thought the, he meant Jimmy from the first season. Anyways, uh, gotcha. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Think, I feel like we've addressed this, haven't we? Maybe. I feel like if we haven't, maybe there would have been a. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, <laughs> maybe it, a couple it, more if, episodes. If only because of the fact that, like, when we saw David Chase speak, he was like, "Yeah, it was really hard doing The Sopranos, so I wanted to stop." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Last one. This is actually also from Adsy Constant. Um, but when, if at all, did you start to hate Tony? Oh, I don't think ever. I don't think I ever started. I don't think I ever hated Tony. I definitely recognize more and more that he was just a terrible human being. But I still like him up to the end. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I was yeah. more like disappointed in him. <laughs> yeah, that's you kind know? of what it is. It's like, damn it, why can't you just be a little nicer? But I still, yeah. when he goes to 
fuck up Coco for hitting on Meadow, I'm like, fuck yeah, go do that. You know, like yeah. I still root for him. It's a terrible thing. But, but it's like a friend who's off the rails. You're like, what? Like he's yeah, doing right. things like this is out of character for him. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But I don't think I ever started hating him. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't know. But yeah, but you definitely get more and more enlightened or uh, clued into the fact that he's just a shitty person. Um, yeah, he just fucks everyone over. Basically. Yeah, but killing killing Christopher, I guess, is pretty bad. Killing or sanctioning Adriana's death is pretty bad. So those two things. Yeah, but like, what was he going to do? That's the other thing. Yeah, in a way, he was like saving Christopher from having to do that. Yeah, which was kind of a nice thing. He's a right. good guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we did it. Season five done <laughs> i think we've tackled the Good entire season Lord, we're back yeah, and like we are back. I, i'm so excited for next week and by the way just to make sure everyone realizes like when we say tony uncle al we're talking about tony blundetto right um but i, I really enjoy season five i'm so pumped uh to get going again um, I think that was a really good take. Let's just get one more of the episode. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's do this podcast one more time <laughs> and then we'll be good to go. This yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love season five too. It's kind of like, it's just a, a string of classic episodes all in a row. Yeah. And the last two episodes are just some of the best stuff they've ever done. So it's really true. It's definitely a top 10 Sopranos season for sure. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll be back next week to talk about the rat pack and, um, you know, send us your questions throughout the week on Twitter at no fucking ZD. Um, you know, just, uh, tell us what's going on. Like we're here, <laughs> we're here to just talk throughout the week. If you want to just, you know, yeah. tell us what's, what's bothering you or I do enjoy the questions that aren't about the show. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back but into I it. I also this enjoy is... the questions about the show. Yes. Good. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll tweet out, out a little earlier next week, but of course, like just feel free to send whenever, and we'll uh, yeah. we'll uh, we'll have them. We'll we'll make a big board of the best questions. And I, I loved all the tweets when we announced that we were coming back. I, I, lo- yeah. I loved all the responses. That was there were some some real gems in there. Some good stuff. Some fo- some great photoshops that we get from people that are just amazing. Oh, I love the baseball card of yeah. Junior. That was <laughs> that pretty was just pretty great. good. Um, and so send us more of those, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, send us, send can you us... Photoshop him fucking Angie, Angie Dickinson, please? <laughs> oh, God. Like, can we oh, do that? No, I don't even want to open Twitter anymore now. <laughs> We're going to get that. Yeah. Uh, We're going to wind up on 4chan or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We will, uh, be back in just a short seven days. Bye. Just one 52nd of a year, I suppose. <laughs> Pretty much. Math. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Good night. Bye.